least the cross post worked this time. I see that you're live. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Yay, success. <laughs> Great success. cooler page right a hundred percent true what's up y'all how's everybody doing tonight oh my gosh hey charles Coates, what's up dude first in the door david follett with the exclamation mark notify jared letursky thumb tacos the lover of uh fruity flavorful beers uh, hey, Jared was was throwing shade at you today in my Twitch stream, Adam. He was like, "He's like, Adam. That, that's the guy that likes the fruity beers, right?" <laughs> Guilty. Uh, so, uh, yeah. What's up? Uh, what's up, Willie? Will coming in strong. Jeremy Stice, welcome, welcome, welcome. So happy to have all you guys coming back out for uh, the next episode of Beer Clock. Um. If you weren't here last time, uh, epic no death run on Castlevania last week, uh, says Jeremy, which that is 100% true. Uh, Adam wrecked some fools uh, uh, playing Castlevania this last week, so uh, we'll give we'll give a little hand clap to Adam for uh, the, quite the accomplishment there. So Adam, you inspired me. I don't know if I told you this. Um, I uh, started practicing up on uh, um. No death run practice for Zelda two, uh, this week. Um, so, uh, Hell yeah. yeah, I've made it to like, what is it? The Island palace, which is like the next, well, I guess it's the third to last one in the game. And then I died. So, um, mm-hmm. but, uh, it's praise. We're still practicing. We're working our way there. Uh, it's going pretty good. Uh, Willie will the hundred stars. Thanks so much. Will. everybody, um, just one quick heads up while, while we're kind of getting all the initial stuff out of the way. Um, I did turn off alerts just because I went back and watched last, uh, I almost said last week. It's been a few weeks now. Uh, but our last podcast, and I kind of found that they were a little bit distracting. So, uh, apologies don't mean at all to make you guys feel like your likes and your shares are not appreciated because they 100% are. Um, but I also want to make sure that, uh, you know, we, we preserve the sanctity of this high quality, uh, professional podcast. Uh, yeah, we're, we're professionals respect us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Daniel Oldenkamp says DuckTales is ending after season three. Boo, that sucks. I love the new Adam. Have you watched the new DuckTales at all? I have not. The new DuckTales I thought was really good. Some people uh, weren't fans. I mean, it's not a hundred percent like the original, but I thought that it was really, really um, faithful to the original and used it as a great jumping off point. Uh, I loved it. <laughs> Willie Will says Steve's beard is banging with a hundred stars. Thanks so much, Willie Will. I appreciate that dude. Jethro. Jethro. Yeah. Jethro's holding in strong. It's he, it's funny. What, oh, I, I think we might be able I think that's him right there. Actually. Like when I look in the mirror, that's like all I can see. But, uh, when I'm on stream, like people ask for Jethro and it's like, I try to look and I find him and I can't, I maybe need a higher quality camera. Can I make a suggestion? Yeah, go for it. All right. So either I say make a separate page or in lieu of making a separate page, have a filter on your main cam where it's just a picture of the beard. Just a picture of the beard. And then you put a face in it and then you stream as retro Jethro. 
Oh man, really? <laughs> wow. That yeah, that, that would be pretty crazy actually. Um, and it's funny because uh, the whole Jethro moniker came from uh, another streamer who who called me Jethro Deathro, and then uh, no sense has this this one gray nostril hair and i named him daryl and then i then i saw this gray beard hair i'm like well i gotta name the beard hair now so uh that's where all that came from so a really long story of why my my beard hair is named so uh <laughs> everybody thinks me up this family tree of my facial hair <laughs> all right well and the, there he's getting friends because i used to have one gray hair right here but now I've got like another one back here and I kind of feel like there's another one right here that's on the short part of the hair. So I can't quite tell like if I let it grow out, if it would be uh, gray or not. Uh, yeah. Anyways, Only I'm getting old folks. I'm getting old <laughs> folks. Ugh, not good. So uh, welcome back to, uh, to beer, beer clock guys. Beer clock is just all about um, what beer clock is about in real life. It's just hanging out with a friend, having a fun conversation and uh spending some time together uh just chilling and enjoying each other's company and having uh you know some good times talking about life love fart jokes uh <laughs> you know all the Make stuff that fart jokes. making <laughs> fart jokes right uh all that stuff so um that's what uh what the uh what the the, the true crux of what beer clock is focused on is just hanging out with your bros and lady pals and uh, just just shooting the poo, you know. So and special lady friends and special lady <laughs> friends, right? Um, so uh, thanks so much for coming out tonight. On that note, uh, why don't we go ahead and talk about our beers? I will go first uh, because I am the one that's already talking. Um, this is from Boulevard nice Brewing segment. Company, uh, who is I'm a Missouri guy, uh, and we've both kind of been representing uh, beers from our our home territory. Uh, this is one of those. Uh, Boulevard Brewing Company is from up in the uh, the KC area. Uh, my son was born up there. We lived up there for about a year. One of the worst years of my life, but it's okay because we got a great kid out of it, if nothing else. But anyways, uh, I bought this beer. It's called the Easy Sport Rally Ale. Beer with tangerine peel and sea salt. I have never drank this before, but... Uh, it, it, it actually kind of does, uh, to be honest with you. But the the fruity, like it comes right out of the gate talking about tangerine peels. And I was like, fruit, this is in honor of my boy, Adam Hoberty, sitting on Man. the left-hand side of your screen right there. So I'm going to crack this thing open, and we're going to see how good this thing is. But I am more than a little excited to try it out because tangerine is freaking enjoyable as a fruit, you know? So um, yeah, tangerine peel, sea salt, beer, what? There we go. Adam, what, what do you got tonight? All right, so my beer comes from the same brewery that I featured last time, um, Urban Artifact. It's a uh, brewery that's out of a, made out of a huge converted church, so it's wild um, to see from the outside. <clears throat> Specialized mainly in fruits and sour beers, um, so therefore it's my favorite place to go as far as breweries are concerned. So we went there last Saturday, and... Uh, I took pictures of all the to-go beers in the cases, and I sent all the pictures to Steve, and I was like, all right, man, you got to pick my beers for the podcast. So he There's your picture, Adam, of, Ur of you at Urban Artifact. It's on the screen now. <laughs> oh, right on. I got to wait for it to catch up to see my beautiful self. But <laughs> right. The two, uh, the two beers we selected, this is the first one, is called Operation Plowshare, 
Uh, it's a blackberry um, Midwest fruit tart. Uh, I actually have had one since I bought it, and it was really, really good. I probably should have um, saved it for the complete surprise, but thought it was necessary to get a see-through cup so you can see just how purple this is. I mean, it, the amount of fruit that they use in their beers is, like, unreal. So it just makes for some really drinkable, crushable beer, and depending on what you get, some of them will knock you on your ass. Like, this one is an 8% beer but you would never know it by drinking. I love that. That's the blackberry one you said, right? Yes. Yeah. The, I love blackberry. And I, I, that was the one that I picked for Adam because I love, uh, blackberries. Uh, I grew up in the country. Oh, I need to take the, your picture off of the screen. <laughs> I, I, uh, I grew up in the, the country. I look like Well, without you in a way, what could be better than watching a stream with two atoms, uh, on, on the screen, you know? So, that's a very good question. But, um, no, I grew up uh, in rural Arkansas, and um, blackberries grew all over uh, in the uh, uh, in the country where I lived. My grandpa owns a ton of acreage down there, and we would wander around the woods as kids and just pick, like, buttloads of blackberries. And you get, like, stuff like blackberry jam out of it, blackberry cobbler, or, heck, you just eat them straight off of the vine, and damn, those things are tasty. So that's why I picked mm. it. So, um, Well, you chose well, because it's got that, you know, just that beer initial kind of texture to it, but then it just finishes with, like, like truly, like, what a fresh blackberry would taste like. So I'm going to send you one of these, and uh, I have no doubt in my mind that they're going to love it. That sounds awesome, and I, and I, I will be more than happy to take those off your hands. Um, the, yeah, um, but I know that you're cucumbers. I'm going to send you extra pickle <laughs> beer. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I asked for this pickle beer cause I've never had a pickle beer before. And we were talking about it before the show tonight. And Adam was like, well, it really more tastes like cucumber than pickle. I'm like, Oh, you shouldn't have said that. I don't like cucumbers, man. I just can't do them. Blasphemy. It's crazy. And when we, when we first got married, it's like everyone, in the world like you get a lot of gifts when you first get married typically not everybody does but we were very blessed to have wonderful friends and family members well my wife got a ton of like fancy body washes and lotions and stuff because they want you to smell nice i guess um when you got a man moving into the house <laughs> i don't know um but i hated the smell of the, the the cucumber they like everybody it seems like gave her the cucumber melon uh scent and i just couldn't hey i just can't do it man um so yeah, yeah. And everyone was making fun of my pour because I've got so much crap on this desk. I didn't angle my glass at all, so it was all foam at the top, but it went away really quickly. But and did and get, to report, this beer is actually really tasty. Was it taken up by my picture? <laughs> That's funny. Look at I don't know if you guys can see it. I don't know if, if the pour made it on the actual video, but that's how purple it is. They did grade you a little bit higher on your pour from what I could see in the comments. Um well, I was a bartender for about 10 years, so I'd hope I would win. Right, exactly. Yeah, no, I yeah, do you know, actually. I have a lot of practice. <laughs> I do actually know how to pour a beer, but I, I epically failed on this one, that's for sure. So, um, hey, a couple of real quick things here, guys. Um, same as last time, I'm going to put an example here in the comments. Uh, if you would like to offer up a question or discussion topic, we want you to use. Hashtag BOC pod uh, at the beginning and then put your question or your topic after that. 
that being said, it doesn't mean we're necessarily going to address all of them. So if we don't address uh, all of the topics that are mentioned, uh, our apologies. We don't mean to hurt anyone's feelings or to ignore anyone. But number one, we got a lot of stuff we want to talk about tonight. And then two, some things we just you know, aren't necessarily going to kind of fit in with the discussion or we may just address them and uh, by typing out a comment on the screen, whatever. But if you want to uh, submit a question or topic, we really want you guys to get involved because if you were a part of the last podcast, uh, we had a lot of really, really great uh, things mentioned by viewers that um, <laughs> so I got, I'll, I'll mention that in a second. We got, we had a lot of really great things mentioned by viewers that we ended up discussing. Uh, Dwight said, hashtag DOC pod Castlevania three. First of all, Castlevania three, is that a discussion topic or <laughs> should we just ignore it? Because it says DOC pod, not BOC pod. <laughs> oh man. But big Dwight's ups to there, Adam uh, and his Castlevania three. Games and he's trying to do the uh, Castlevania three, no death right now. Oh, he is. Yeah. Wow. So best of luck to my man Dwight at One Up Games. Hey, yeah, good luck to you, man. It's it's a heck of uh, of a, an undertaking to uh, to accomplish something like that on a game like that. And like I said, I mean, Adam, you inspired me, man. I never really had any interest in speedrunning or no death, whatever. But I was like, you know what? I want to give this a try, and uh, it's not going to be easy. It's going to take me a while to get there, but I think it'll happen. I think it'll be fun, and it'll take some time, but uh, it'll be an accomplishment, you know. So. Absolutely, and it feels great when it happens as yeah. well. Very sure. rewarding. Absolutely. Shout out to Green Slade Gaming for inspiring me to do no death runs. <laughs> right. <laughs> Green Slade, that dude is the man of men, isn't he? Yes. When so, I grow up, I'll be William Green Slade. Oh, yeah, don't we all? I mean, but <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where it's like... Uh, Save some for the rest of us, buddy. You know, <laughs> um, yeah, we, we can't all be uh, green slade, uh, Willie Will Green Slade. So, um, but but many, many uh, will try, many are called, few are chosen, uh, however you want to put that. But, uh, yeah, um, anyways, uh, yeah, thanks so much for coming out tonight. Remember to use the hashtag. Adam and I are going to be watching the comments, and uh, we'll have to, you know, kind of take them in stride as we go along. Um, but uh, we want to see what you guys have to discuss tonight. So let's go ahead and jump into uh, one of our first items of the evening. Uh, I'll go first tonight. Did you guys know British Knights are for sale again? <laughs> if you go to walmart.com, they uh, British Knights shoes are for sale once more. I, I no, really don't know that I have anything else to offer in that regard other than to say British Knights are for sale again. How awesome is that? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's one of the seals they, that needs uh, to get broken in Revelations that <laughs> signifies the end of the world. Right. <laughs> when Something British like Knights that. return, the beast draweth nigh. <laughs> draweth nigh. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, look at these things. And the thing I love about it is that... Um, they look just like they did back in the day. Now, if you scroll down the page, some of them don't. Like these look like more like Airwalk style shoes and stuff. And then, um, not the badass ones I had growing up. That's for sure. <laughs> did you wear Airwalks? <laughs> no, I definitely had British Knights though back in the day. Oh, you did? Oh, wow, man. Oh yes. 
Yeah, I uh, I was not so lucky. Uh, I, I we, we we have the more affordable shoes. Uh, we'll just say, <laughs> so I did well, not. I mean, I'm pretty sure they were still like twenty five bucks at Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> right. I <laughs> I don't even know if these were expensive back then or not. But I remember like people being like, "Dude, British Knights are freaking pimp," and they didn't say that, <laughs> of course, because it was the eighties. But uh, yeah, these shoes were pretty uh, pretty big deal back then. So real quick, um, John Harms wants to know in your Zelda 2 run, no death or no continue? You know, that's a good question, John. Um, I started out uh, doing no death. Or I'm sorry, I started out with the idea of just doing it as no continues. Because, as you know, dying in that game comes pretty easily. Um, and it's really long, uh, too. Like, even, like... Because the way the game works, like you have to go to all the castles and you have to get all the items and stuff like that. You can't just like um, uh, blow through the game or like, like I see guys that beat video games in like eight minutes, ten minutes. You can't do that with Zelda 2. There's probably no. some tricks out there, I imagine. But uh, so anyways, uh, no, I started with the idea of no continues, but then I was like, you know what? Let's just go balls to the wall here, no deaths. Uh, so um, I died a couple times and I started all the way over again. And both times I learned valuable information and uh, both times I went right back. Uh, today I died. I did not immediately start over just because the stream was almost done. And I was like, yeah, let's just play you know, a little bit further. And then that's kind of that. But no, I'm, I'm really shooting for no deaths. So that's how boys are forged in men, Steve. Right. Yeah, it's 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 not for the faint of heart, and uh, like I said, it really took a lot of uh, inspiration to get me to want to do this because I've always described myself as, as a stop and smell the roses kind of gamer. I just like to play and enjoy my way through it, and I've never really had that sense of drive to like try to speed run or no death right. or something where it's like a real accomplishment, and it puts the pressure on. It really does, but uh, but I've enjoyed it so far. So. So um, Daniel Oldenkamp says, why are gaming fan bases so aggressive? I think we can answer that, or not maybe answer that, but discuss that in a later topic that we have coming up. So I'm going to put that one on the back burner. Okay, cool. Um, and then Andrew says, when considering beers, what do you guys look for personally? I know everyone's different. Um, I, I kind of mentioned last time, I'm, I'm a bit of a dark beer fan myself, which I always think of dark beers as like old man beers, kind of. Um, but uh, yeah, I like a darker beer personally. Um, if it's not gonna be like a like a darker, like I like a good, uh, um, you know, like a porter or a stout or something. Um, if it's not gonna be something like that, uh, then I like something that um, is gonna be smoother. Like it's like I like the thing, I, and I kind of described this last time with that that great Cobra Scare beer is that it's it's tart. It's a sour mash beer. Uh, so you get kind of that sourness, that kind of almost pucker when you drink it, but it doesn't have like that lingering sort of burnt, bitter sort of uh, flavor on your tongue. Uh, so that's I what I like to look for. What about you, Adam? Um, I mean, for me, it's pretty much like, uh, like the sour fruit beers. I know everybody's going to give me flack, but um, I just personally just like a really nice kind of smooth drinking beer um i mean i'll drink an ipa i have love and respect for ipas and a couple some dark beers i will go to but i generally don't really drink dark beers at all um so i just like a nice kind of 
I can, you know, I can drink nine of these in an hour, you know, kind of, <laughs> kind of beers. Um, so yeah, those, that's kind of, that's kind of my go-to. That's cool. Yeah. And I like buying local stuff too. Um, like anytime I see a new beer from one of the local breweries, I always like to try it out just cause, um, I like supporting the local guys and especially mother's brewery is the big local one that I like so much. And, um, like those guys put a lot of love, not into just their brewing, but also uh, into pulling the community together. And they even they've had to get really creative with COVID, obviously, but um, trying to do, you know, provide special events or whatever uh, that'll still kind of bring people together, but in a safe way, you know, which is kind of tough these days, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, I love. Uh, uh, I basically uh, love being able to support those local brewers and, and uh, you know, the stuff that they do. Uh, I think it's really cool. And uh, if kind of like I was, it's funny because this topic came up in our last podcast and it came up in my stream earlier today. But uh, if someone's doing something you love, you need to support them in doing it or they're not going to do it anymore. Um, and when I say support, I mean financially, you know, so I like their beer. I want them to keep making their beer. So I buy their beer. Um, this artist that we're listening to right now is the artist we talked about last time. He's an independent artist. Doesn't make a lot of money on this stuff. I want the guy to keep uh, making his music. So I buy his music. It's a wonderful relationship. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting how those things sort of complement each other there. So, uh, right. and, Andrew asked what the significance was of British Knights. Really no significance other than the fact that it's just like <laughs> British Knights were like the cool shoes that I remember from when I was a kid. And it's so strange that they're back. Like, why in the world would you bring them back? I just don't get it. It's like, who were the people that were asking for British Knights to return? I really don't know who that is. <laughs> I, I think we grew up in wildly different childhoods because i <laughs> remember the british knights being like the dork shoes that's like, funny <laughs> yeah that's when i was like yeah i used to have a pair of british knights and you're like oh really i'm like yeah <laughs> like, because we were struggling steve are you, right are you, are you gonna start making fun of me now <laughs> oh man no i it's it's uh you know but you're also a few years younger than me though too i think right I just turned 30, 40. I'm 37. Yeah, yeah, so you're a few years now. Maybe they had already kind of crested that peak of coolness and were already kind of tapering off to like, yeah, the, the, the lame people wear those shoes now or something like that. Yeah, you know, it goes down in value when you drive it off the lot, you know? John Harm says no BKs here, Jordans for this guy. Well, no, BKs and Jordans, those were in two totally different eras, though. Jordans 100% ruled. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think if you were wearing BKs in the same era of Jordans, then yeah, you probably would have been made fun of. So <laughs> yeah, you probably would have been made fun of. <laughs> Let's see here. Um, Jeff Garrett, what does it take to, oops. Uh, Jeff Garrett says, what does it take to get these guys in the same camera? It has to happen. Yeah, I, that would, that's the dream, man. Uh, I, I posted a, uh, a picture of myself. There's a bar here in town that I discovered recently when I was out driving for work called Grumpy's. Uh, so I posted a picture over that of our gaming with Grumpy's page. And I'm like, Adam, we need to meet up at this place sometimes. So someday folks, it'll happen. Uh, whether he gets down here, or I get up there, but, uh, we're going to have to get together at some point here. So man, the trifecta of a place called Grumpy's. You yeah. can't write that folks. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like it's kismet. We found this place. Oh my gosh! So, 
Um, oh man, I think you might be the only other person I've ever met that uses the word kismet. Kismet? I think it's because we watch the same TV shows. <laughs> I say that all the time, and people are like, they like they laugh at first, and then they're like, "What?" <laughs> like they don't know what I said. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, kismet. Like, and I don't know. I always thought I was the weird one, so it's refreshing to, to hear someone else say it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Well, hey, I'm glad to provide that for you, Adam. Uh, just they, put another one down the hopper, Steve. Put another one in the hopper. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, Daniel Oldenkamp said he had Reebok black tops. I actually had a pair of Reebok black tops, and I felt like a freaking baller in those black tops. Um, uh, I love those shoes. And I had a pair of the Reebok pumps, which were not so cool, uh, but I, they were pumps. And I was just happy to be on the team. <laughs> I was just happy to be on the team. Right. So I know that feeling. Oh my gosh. Um, Adam, do you want to bring a topic now or do you want me to keep on rolling? Um, why don't you, why don't you segue into one more since you pretty much only got into the seal breaking apocalyptic British <laughs> night comeback. Okay. Okay. We can do that then. Um, s- starting with the last podcast, we discussed a little bit about everyone's favorite late uh, game show host, Alex Trebek. Uh, and ever since we discussed that, I have no joke become a little bit obsessed with Alex Trebek. <laughs> no irony whatsoever here. Um, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> I, I, I can't get over this guy. And it's funny because as a kid, I hated Jeopardy because it was a like a boring, smart people show in my mind. Um, this beer is really good, Adam, actually. The, I like this. Easy Sport Rally Ale. Definitely worthwhile. Boulevard Brewing Company. Probably can't get it outside of Missouri, but whatever. It's good stuff. So, Anyways, um, I want I want to read a little bit of this story. That This is not a new story. This happened back in 2011. Um, oh, I need to switch my screen. Half-naked Alex Trebek chases suspected burglar. <laughs> If there was ever a headline for a story, it's this one, right? Chase's uh, suspected burglar. <laughs> right. The collective. Okay. Yeah. It, what, what does it take to get Alex Trebek to be tracing, uh, tracing, to be chasing a burglar, right? <laughs> I mean, I would think a lot. Like, what? what is they stealing from Alex Trebek in the first place that he covets so much to do this? <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, of all the people that you would go after, I, I think Alex Trebek would probably be one of the last people I would want to try to steal from. But uh, lo and behold, somebody decided to go for after Alex Trebek here. Uh, thank you for the 100 stars, Chris Allen. Appreciate it, buddy. Um, I'm going to read a little bit from this article here. Trebek, famous for his duties on Jeopardy, bravely told the crowd that he had snapped an Achilles tendon early Tuesday morning while chasing a suspected burglar through a San Francisco hotel. Later, in another interview, Trebek expanded on what, ha- what happened, saying that he woke up to sounds of a woman in his room going through his things so strange woman in alex trebek's dream oh this is suddenly making more sense (laughs) (laughs) but this is the sentence that i love about this story he said he then got out of bed put his underwear on (laughs) and chased the suspect down the hall (laughs) so wow now we know alex trebek slept naked okay so see you're you're picking up on what i picked up on here fun fact everyone so there's a few things that, that I think are really interesting about this story. 
is number one, either Alex Trebek slept naked, or number the two, or number the two, <laughs> number, number two, two, number the two, number the two, uh, or number two, he slept Winnie the Pooh style uh, with a t shirt on top and nothing on the bottom. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh style for sure. Uh, uh, that hey, is Winnie the Pooh, Winnie the Pooh style. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh style T-shirt up top, nothing on the bottom. You know, leaving uh, leaving the daily doubles exposed. Um, Give me a Trebek sleeping <laughs> habit for five hundred. <laughs> Chases the person down the hall after putting on his underwear. So, so what do you think it was? Do you think he slept, slept naked or do you think he Winnie the Pooh it? I'm, now that you say that, I'm definitely going Winnie the Pooh style. Winnie the Pooh style, right? <laughs> I, I think there's 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 a certain quiet dignity to sleeping in a t-shirt, but with nothing on down south. He's <laughs> <laughs> a quiet dignity. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Alex Trebek, uh, he's the gift that keeps on giving. And uh, I remembered this story, and I was like, oh my gosh, I need to go back and look at this again. Uh, not to be what a, uh, <laughs> what a legend right exactly it's like the, the guy just doesn't stop um which kind of plays into this next article i want to bring up here uh alex trebek recorded a thanksgiving address for tonight's jeopardy now as you know alex trebek had already passed but before passing he took the time to create all these uh, to pre pre-record a bunch of episodes of the show, so the show wasn't left hanging, but had a really, really heartfelt, touching message uh, to viewers on the Thanksgiving episode of Jeopardy. I'm not going to read it or play the video because I'm probably going to choke up. But I'm posting the uh, the image, in, or I'm sorry, the link uh, in the chat here if anyone wants to check that out later. But Either way, Alex Trebek. I was gonna say, don't make me cry, Steve. I know. Let me have some quiet dignity here. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's why I'm doing this podcast in a shirt but no pants. Uh, so <laughs> I'm, I'm going full Trebek style here, <laughs> in, in honor of the man himself. <laughs> full Trebek style. Oh my god! And in a minute here, I'm gonna put on my underwear and chase someone out of the room. <laughs> Could you imagine, like, in the video description, like, Trebek style stream tonight, guys? <laughs> you know what it is. Yeah. A thousand stars will go Trebek. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I thought that was I thought that was pretty interesting and uh, and pretty uh, baller move of him to, you know, be concerned enough for the show to record all that stuff, but also yeah. to have such a really, again, really positive, encouraging message that I, again, am not going to read because I'm a man and I don't want to cry on my own podcast. <laughs> if that ever happens, tell us to stop. Right. <laughs> we'll cut to commercial. Uh, yeah. if, if that does happen. Um, Dr. Cuddy said that, uh, did you hear they found a replacement for Alex Trebek? It's going to be Ken Jennings. Um, now he's only temporarily standing in at this point, but again, I really think he would be a prime candidate to replace, uh, Alex Trebek. Um, and I feel like you called that too. Yeah. Yeah. He was, uh, and I think really a lot of people were probably on that train from the beginning. I won't try to claim that myself, but yeah, he was the one of the first, or he was literally the first person I thought of. And then the second person was, uh, LeVar Burton, which we discussed last, last episode. Man, I'm still, I still think that would be awesome. 
I do too. Um, again, quiet dignity. And I imagine that LeVar Burton's probably the kind of guy to sleep uh, in a t-shirt with no underwear on. <laughs> you know, and like they're both like, I mean, Alex Trebek and LeVar Burton are both like two of the most genuine people. Like it's like almost like in like the same category as Mr. Rogers and Bob Ross and Steve Irwin. I mean, <laughs> right. You can, yeah. those, you can put those people in that category of people. No question. You know? Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, it's funny. You listed some really good names there of like some super iconic, not characters, but people, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, Mr. Rogers, while Mr. Rogers was a character, Fred Rogers was Mr. Rogers. Like the, the, yeah. the, there really kind of was no line of demarcation. Um, it's, uh, yeah, those are some really, really good characters to mention that, uh, the people just latch on to. Well, I guess we'll just say that. So, Will Newell says Patrick Stewart. Definitely See, another good example. I think Patrick Stewart, yeah, Patrick Stewart uh, is another great example of someone that people have really latched on to. Ian uh, McKellen, who, you know, good friends of Patrick Stewart, same way. Yeah. Very beloved. Um, I disagree with Gilbert Godfrey, though, John. Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> I do disagree with that. <laughs> what? what uh, problem Child it is not fine cinema, uh, in Adam Hoberty's opinion? Is that it? <laughs> you know, I've always been a tough critic, Steve, but sometimes I got to draw the line. Right. <laughs> yeah gilbert Gottfried. oh my gosh wow um so um on, on kind of that that note of crying daniel oldenkamp asked what was the last movie or show that made you cry uh i'd have to dig deep for a movie um but tv show probably <laughs> don't roast me guys uh, Battlestar Galactica, the reimagining. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, I'm sure Daniel will be right there with you on that one because he's also a huge nerd. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's also a huge nerd. <laughs> um, you I know, know it. I know. It's going to sound so douchey of me to say it was a, oh, this is a sci fi show. <laughs> but, like, it really did just end so perfectly. Like, you just shows nowadays looking at you game of thrones had just end so shittily either because they drag it out too long yeah, or yeah. they just run out of ideas like that show was written from beginning to end before they even filmed it so they pretty much just took it enough to tell the story as it was meant to be told yeah and so in that regard the end of it the end of it just got me in the feels got Steve, you the it got me in the feels. man uh you know it's funny because i was gonna say uh that I couldn't think of a TV show and then I was going to say a movie. Um, but, and, and it did not make me cry, but it's only because I stopped watching it. <laughs> because when I started to get to that point is the office. Um, oh, yeah. the, the finale of the office, uh, that one just destroys me every time because those, those characters are so easy to identify with. Um, as people because they are each of us and they are the people that we work with every day because that's what made that show such a huge massive hit is that everyone sees themselves somewhere in that show or someone that they know uh yeah. so when it ended and especially like some of the lines in that that finale episode like um when Andy Bernard uh, is talking to the camera and he's like, I wish you could know that you're in the good old days before you leave them. Oh man. Andy, Even 
crushes me every time. I know. Even just repeating those words right now to myself, I'm like, I feel that hit. I'm, I'm a little verklempt. Uh, <laughs> talk amongst yourselves. I will give you a topic. The Partridge family. They were neither partridges nor a family. Discuss. <laughs> so yeah, the office gets me every time. And I can't, re- I, I can't remember if, if we, again, this is one of those things where me and Adam, we talk, we make the mistake of talking before we have these shows. Uh, and we always end up talking about a bunch of funny stuff. And then it's like, oh, we should have saved that. But I can't remember if this was in one of our conversations or if this was in the last episode. But uh, the trailer for the movie uh, Pursuit of Happiness choked me up. Just the trailer. Just the mm. trailer. Uh, the Will Smith movie? Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Any movie uh, or TV show, whatever, with strong fatherly themes is just my kryptonite. So, yeah. Yeah, as a dad. So, yeah. But uh, a movie that chokes me up every time is End of Watch with Jake Gyllenhaal, says Chris Allen. You know, I've never watched that one. Um, uh, But uh, I have several uh, good friends uh, that are in, in law enforcement, and I imagine watching that and knowing what they face every day um, would probably make that one a tough for me. So um, GOT got rushed in the last season and sucked. Adam, do you think, do you agree that the entire last season sucked? I think the last like really season and maybe even two was like the the beginning of the end, you know, like there was definitely a strong drop off. Wasn't there? I mean, I'm a, pretty huge fan of game of thrones like it's like the only like really franchise memorabilia that i collect and i have like a lot of it and was really read the all this the book series before the show came out like super like okay 100 percent nerd you know and then seasons one came out and i was like oh my god this is the best i mean because it just followed everything to a t and it was just like amazing to see it come alive and you know and then it just got progressively good, like two and season two and three, it was amazing. And then like after a while, they start changing all this stuff, and because they started getting to the point where the the books dropped off, and so now it's almost like the writers were scrambling with like, all right, well, how are we gonna pull this together? And whatever they decided to do with that was just so horrible. <laughs> and what I, what everybody that was in the level of fandom, I would say that I was in had envisioned in any kind of way because there was just so much stuff that was omitted and changed and it seemed to me that all these prophecies and stuff that you heard about they just never even addressed or did away with so it was just like well where's the rest of it where's the rest of it you know and I don't know you can say what you want about Daenerys turning you know evil or whatever Uh, I don't know if maybe that was George R. R. Martin's intention all along or whatever and if that's the case then Maybe I would be equally equally as upset that way, uh, but I just thought that was a really cheap way to end it, and I think it was m- m- like merely for more shock value than actual depth of content to the show. That's just me. No, I digress. I'm gonna talk about Game of Thrones for an hour. <laughs> yeah, we could have an entire show dedicated to that. Um, no, and, and you're right. I mean, even the last two seasons were pretty rough. I mean, they had their moments, uh, but. It was a steep drop off. Like it wasn't that it like it was a show that really just kind of petered out. It was like it went from just being stellar to all of a sudden being like, mm, man, you know, like. Uh... 
I, I don't all of a sudden I don't get what's going on here and you end every episode kind of thinking like well nothing really happened there or when is this going to start amping amping up because they have like you had said they had so many loose ends to tie up and you're like how are they going to do it all and the thing is, is that they just didn't there was so much so many planes that never landed they're still sat there circling the runway somewhere <laughs> it's so true like i thought that like how are they going to put all of this stuff in two seasons and it's like their answer was like jokes on you we didn't you know yeah it was disappointing to say the least for sure for sure Someone here mentions the end of the show Arrow. I never watched Arrow. I'm, I'm not up on that one. Um, did you watch Arrow? My wife watched it. But. I watched a couple episodes of it, um, but and I stopped watching it not because it was a bad show or anything. It was just I just didn't come back to it. Yeah. I don't really have a whole lot of time anymore to dedicate myself to watching TV series, so it's hard for me to really get in it because then I'm like invested. Especially yeah, tough, like man. series that have multiple seasons. It's like this is gonna take me five years to watch. Yep. You know. No, I totally get you there. Yeah, and I'm the same way. I don't have the time to watch stuff that I used to. Um, yeah, my life is really kind of amped up a lot here uh, in in recent days. So yeah. my wife made the comments of saying, Talk about taking the time to read all the books before the movie and then being devastated, the maze runner. Uh, if anyone has read the Maze Runner books and then watched the Maze Runner movie, yeah, it was pretty rough. Um, it, they did away. It was this kind of the same sort of deal. They did away with a lot of stuff that it's like, well, how can how in the world can you do that? You just ignored like an entire huge plot line. And we talked about that too with Ready Player One. You know, there was a lot of stuff they left out of that movie that was so great in the books, but um, it's like you're literally butchering it at this point. Yeah. Yeah, not to say that Ready Player One wasn't good, but they definitely there were so many things they missed out on that just they should have included, could have included. So, are you going for number two over there, Adam? This is the Xmas pickle. I don't know. It's green. Some part of it's green, so I don't know if it'll translate all that well. But it's like this little snow covered. That's awesome. Town. I like that can. Yeah, Xmas pickle. Oh yeah, you're definitely not going to be able to see that. I like your can, Adam. <laughs> Thanks, man. I've been working hard on my can. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and crack mine open, too, because I already just finished my first one as well. This is another one from Boulevard Brewing here. Uh, this one is also uh, <laughs> kind of a, uh, a tribute to Adam because of one of the stories he brought in the last podcast. This one's called Nutcracker. Made me think of Santa's Yum Nut. <laughs> um Santa's yum nut. Yep. Yeah. So the Nutcracker uh, by Boulevard Boulevard Brewing uh, it says winter warmer ale. Um, Ooh, that oh, I thought it like said more on the label. Beer. I guess it doesn't apparently. So, and I'm gonna crack it open with my uh, Doom bottle opener. <laughs> I got from Loot Crate. <laughs> Talking about nerds. Uh, I've got a Doom bottle opener from Loot Crate, so yeah. That definitely looks like it'll be a sweater for the inside. For sure. Dwight, Dwight says you still need to watch Castlevania Season 3 on Netflix. Yes, you do, Dwight. Yes, you do need to watch Season 3 of Castlevania. I've not watched... And everyone else that hasn't watched any Castlevania anime on Netflix, you need to do it. Because it's very good. It is very good. It's, it's every bit really as dark as it should be. be. 
I was trying to pitch it to my wife to see, you know, to kind of make her interested. Like, come on, sit down and just watch Castlevania. She's like, that does not sound good at all. And I was like, well, let me put it this way. Like, if this were shot in a live action, it would be one of the best shows you've ever seen. Yeah. Because she really, because she really liked Game of Thrones and stuff like that. So it's like, it would be just as good as like a Game of Thrones show if it wasn't a cartoon, you know? So check it out. Yeah, I'm not 100% caught up on that one, but uh, I need to be because it is very good. Um, definitely deserves that mature rating that it gets. <laughs> but uh, oh, it definitely does. But see, that's also I feel like what makes it better than like you say anime and people automatically have a predisposed notion of their brain of like what it's going to be like. But like this show takes Castlevania just as serious as it should be taken. I, yes. And that's, I think is the strongest point of it is that I think if you would have, if you half ass a franchise like that, it's just going to be a joke. And, yeah. um, they treated it with every bit of respect that it should have been. And, uh, because it, like you said, it could have been terrible. Oh, very easily. Yeah, easily could have been terrible. But I mean, I was like watching it and I was like, man, I don't even really feel like I need to like like the game series to watch this. Like just this whole storyline is sweet in of itself and like how it's presented, you know? All right. You want to do some fill in the blanks? Hey, yeah, let's do it. All right. So these are as our last episode. I did five last time, but we're going to shorten it to three see how it goes but um, I take basically I take a headline and I omit part of it and have Steve guess it and then we kind of discuss what the article is about so number one Central Florida is about to build a structure that will be home to the very first what is it a alligator rodeo B Jetson like flying car hub C vintage cell phone museum or D, 100% solar-powered utility grid? Vintage phones. <laughs> I don't have to do the buzzer sound every time. I just no, no, no. Play. I think you do, actually. <laughs> <laughs> See, now what I need to do is we need to figure out how to do the prices right. Dun, 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 every time you get it right. I should download that sound bite, yeah. Yeah, we need... Okay, mental note. Write that down for next time. <laughs> All right. So the answer is, believe it or not, the Jetson-like flying car hub. So, scope this out. Oh, I, I guess I should have sent these articles to you. Um, but basically, what it is, it's going to be a place that does, like, very small distances. Like, it's, like hold on. What does it say here? It can travel up to eight and 185 miles on a one-hour charge. Hmm. So it promises like being able to go from uh, Orlando to Tampa in a half hour, per se. Wow. Um, they said it's kind of like um, almost an Uber in a way on how you book it. It says um, battery size. Oh, wait a minute. Vehicles flying and landing out of the Lake Dona Vertiport is what it's called. Vertiport new word will accommodate four passengers and a pilot the cost will be similar to a first class fare though the price will likely go down as the service becomes more popular uh, passengers wanting a ride on the aircraft will be able to book reservations via their phones in a way similar to rideshare companies uber and lyft wow that is crazy that was pretty wild you know like 
But then it just says down here at the bottom, like battery sizes, air traffic control, and other infrastructure issues are among the many potential challenges to commercializing them. Um, I love how it says, according to experts, like, I don't think you need to be an expert to be like, well, how are you going to deal with the whole flying car problem? You know, like, according to experts, these are very serious concerns. I think it's an every person and everybody concern, you know? Yeah. Uh, they compare the buzz over flying cars to the days when the aviation industry got started with the Wright brothers and the auto industry with the Ford Model T. So they're looking for this to, like, blow up, I guess. So look out for your next flying car excursion the next time you're in Central Florida. That's crazy, man. And uh, I think if, if we were to take a corporate vote of which Americans are ready for the responsibility of uh, flying cars and whatnot... I'm pretty sure Floridians would not win that vote. <laughs> so <laughs> the fact that it's happening down there um, is concerning. <laughs> I'm a hundred percent in agreement with you. I, when, when, like when it says like Jetson, like flying hub, like I'm picturing like, is it just going to be like free range? Like uh, what was a fifth element style? Where there's like lanes of traffic. I mean, I can't picture it like that because obviously it's not going to be that many in the air. But like, I don't know. When it says flying car, what is a flying car to you? Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think flying car, and I mean, I'm either picturing Back to the Future uh, or I'm picturing Jetsons, which it's not going to be either of those things. It's going to be a car with a propeller on the top. Um. Uh, at least that's what my assumption is, because those actually exist. But like, would well, still have wheels? Yeah, I mean, the one, at least the ones that I've they seen. Have no ending here. You know, like what makes it a car at that point if it's in the air? Yeah, I mean, I mean it's really more of a convertible helicopter, is is what it is. Yeah, so I, I don't I mean, know that, that I would call so this thing flying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man. And I mean, I guess just trying to figure out, like, you know, make sure it doesn't get in the way of other airplanes and things like that. I mean, I'm sure it's not going to go nearly as high as, yeah. you know, but still wild. I mean, it sounds like super dangerous. Like, all right, put your seatbelt right. on because we're going flying. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think the seatbelt's going to do shit. Uh, yeah. You, you make a mistake on land and it's a fender bender. You make a mistake in a flying car and everyone's dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, it's more of like a... Or a crash mapping. landing in the marshlands of Florida, which are totally safe. <laughs> Maybe Mortal come rescue you. De definitely, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> uh, definitely not the place where you would easily dispose of a body that would never be found, you know. So That would never be found. Not right. that we would know that. Yeah. Right. No, never, never, never. I've not, I've not done any research into it. <laughs> <laughs> By any means... <laughs> deletes browser history exactly <laughs> that's crazy man. all right so number two jimmy fallon wants the public to engage in the christmas spirit by doing what is it a parents filming their kids catching santa in the act b film their kids opening up presents filled with actual lumps of coal c ruining traditional christmas songs by adding one word or D, getting drunk and fighting your local neighborhood mall Santa? B. Filming the kids opening up presents yes. filled with actual lumps of coal. Yes. And... Uh, nope. 
I actually kind of thought I had that one. It was ruining Chris traditional Christmas songs by adding one word. <laughs> Those are always fun. Those posts uh, always have at least one or two gems in the comment section. You know? Let me see if I can find some good examples here that people put in. Um, Rudolph Giuliani, the red-nosed reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, nice. <laughs> um, I saw Mommy kissing Santa Claus at Four Seasons Landscaping. <laughs> what? I don't even know what original song that is. That's I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus, but that's like a whole lot more than one word at being added. Yeah, yeah, you know they added a whole bunch of words there. Someone didn't pay attention to the rules on that one. Um, see, the one one was like, oh man, I gotta find it. Two seconds. Oh, oh, I can't find it. One was one was like had a carol baskins reference in it and it was really funny <laughs> uh i'll be homeschooled for christmas <laughs> um walk in walking in a winter wonderland and it was like a photoshop of christopher walken um i don't know any, any examples that you would make you can add a add a word to ruin a christmas song all I want for Christmas is you dead. Was, was one of the oh, ones. nice! I like that. Pretty rough. <laughs> this is horrible. This is the first thing that comes to my mind. But uh, silent effing night. <laughs> I don't know why that's the first thing that comes to mind, but that's the first one that comes to mind. So, judge me, people. AKA a dad's favorite time of the night. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, jingle balls. Jingle balls. No, no, you you have to add a word. Silent so I would say jingle my bells. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So on the same kind of topic, what's your most hated Christmas song? Wham, last Christmas. Last oh, Christmas, I gave you my heart. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> mm. Okay, I definitely know it. That now. song. <laughs> After oh. that very accurate uh, impersonation. Of yeah, really I can't take it, up. man. And what's worse is, like, when I was in college, I worked retail for years, so like, you only hear like five Christmas songs on repeat for a month and a half, and that was one of the five songs. And oh, good lord. My most hated one is Linda and Paul McCartney simply having a Merry Christmas time. Oh, really? There's a special place in hell for that song. Yeah, that one's not great. Um, it is, and it's like been in every restaurant soundtrack. I've like, especially the one that I worked at for like 14 years, and every year I was like, oh my god, it's going to be back in rotation. See, I would, and, I would put uh, Mariah Carey "All I Want for Christmas Is You" above that one as, as for worse Christmas songs. But you're right; that's definitely not a good one, though. Oh, it's awful. Simply have a wonderful <laughs> Christmas time. That's the one. Yeah, that is the one. All I want for Xmas is my two front teats. <laughs> I just love the word teats. <laughs> it's right up there with Grundle. Exactly. Grundle, teats. Very fun words. <laughs> Willie Wilson's my favorite is Silver Bells by Elvis Presley. 
I was a ring, a bell ringer for the Salvation Army, so that song hits home. Holy shit. That's awesome. That is cool. <laughs> Teats, hey! 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 From the office. <laughs> Michael's got. Jimbo! Jimbo! Hey! <laughs> and I love how he just like loves it so much. You know? Doesn't yeah. even know what's going on. Inside joke. Love to be a part of one someday. <laughs> be a part of one someday. A shot of Midori, perhaps? <laughs> right. Daniel Oldenkamp asks, do I hate all covers of Last Christmas? Yes, Daniel, I do. That song is beyond redemption. There's no forgiveness for that song. Okay, so let's go favorite Christmas song. Ew. I mean, okay, favorite might be not may not be the best word choice, but most tolerated. Most tolerated. I actually like Christmas music. I'm I'm one of those people uh, that that digs it. Now I will say, um, when it's when the Christmas season is over, I'm ready for it to be over as well. But uh, but no, I do enjoy Christmas music. I think Oh Holy Night's got to be my favorite one. It's, I mean that's a solid choice. It's a it's a standard. It's it's a it's a it's a standard. It's a staple. You know you got to have it. But uh, I there's such a fantastic rendition of that song that I that uh, is by uh, old bands not together anymore. But uh, yeah they yeah that song is amazing. So yeah that's got to be my favorite Christmas song. Um, I'm trying to think because we talked about this before the Christmas album that me and. Uh, a buddy of mine recorded together years ago for our family for Christmas. Um, one of the songs that we had a lot of fun playing was the song that's the, like the, it's like the theme song to the movie uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. It's that time. <laughs> you know that song? <laughs> Christmas time is here. Uh, but that was, a, that was a really fun song to play too. You just have a way of traveling me back in time with your voice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been told that before, uh, not to brag on myself or anything. <laughs> Pretty much the songbird of your generation, Steve. Yeah. So, what about you, Adam? Are there any Christmas songs that you enjoy? So, if I'm going traditional, I have to go Carol of the Bells. Oh, okay. Um, if I'm going non-traditional, it's Carol of the Bells by the... Um, what is it, the Siberian Orchestra? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Trans-Siberian Orchestra. That yes, that. Uh, yes, that. I'm a huge fan of that. Uh, there's a, actually a metal band called August Burns Red. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. I have heard of August Burns Red, yes. But they have a uh, a metal music seat, a Christmas CD. I think the really guy... Good, actually. I think the guys from August Burns Red, I want to say it was them just released a cover of all i want for christmas is you by mariah carey um, i would not put it past them. they've done like wrecking ball before as well oh are you serious oh wow that's pretty cool yeah yeah, yeah definitely um, check it out their christmas cd's solid i think it's called like like sledding i think it's just called sledding really yeah check you know it out. it's worth a list the uh, it's I was talking with this uh, with some friends on Sunday. Is uh, Weezer released a Christmas album years ago? I would I, I love Weezer. I'm a big Weezer fan. Um, not all their albums are hits. All all granted, but uh, uh, they released a Christmas album years ago. And the thing that I thought was so uh, such an interesting choice uh, or surprising choice or however you want to say it was that the songs that they chose to do were like 
the standard Christian, like very religious-y sort of Christmas songs. Like it wasn't any like Jingle Bell Rock or anything like that. It was like songs that were like written back in the 1700s or whatever, you know, about God and stuff. I thought that was really an odd choice for them. It's a good album. The songs are good. But... Strategy, God. Let's see if it pays off for <laughs> Yeah, I know. Exactly. It's like, this is not what I would have expected from Weezer, but yeah, it's still good. I dug it. Yeah. Yeah. Dwight Davis says, Undone, the sweater song. Always love that song. Oh, yeah. And of course, Buddy Holly. Let's, you know, hashtag roots. Yeah. Also, who can forget such classics as Hashpipe and Island in the Sun? Exactly. All right, so the third fill in the blank and last that I have, and I have a feeling you're going to know this already. Japan is hoping this new attraction will invigorate tourism amid COVID-19. Is it A, a built-to-scale functional robot modeled after the mobile suit Gundam, B, the largest collection of Japanese-style movie props, C, a series of pop-up bars inspired by current top franchises such as Game of Thrones and Harry Potter Fantastic Beasts, or D, getting drunk and fighting Japanese mall Santas. Japanese mall Santas. I was going to say, I was expecting a laugh after the reuse of the mall Santa joke <laughs> and the fact that I didn't get one. Well, you know, it's funny. Me. I think you used the Gundam one last time too, didn't you? Why would I use Mobile Suit Gundam in the one that Jimmy Fallon wants people to do it to engage in the Christmas spirit? <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought you used it in one of the, the fill-in-the-blanks from last episode. <laughs> Dress up your Mobile Suit Gundam like Santa and send it to Jimmy Fallon. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I guess not the Santa part. But as soon as I heard Mobile Suit Gundam, I'm like, wait, didn't he mention Gundam last time, too? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's just in my head. But yeah, the uh, oh, the Nintendo theme park. Yeah. Uh, Dwight Davis mentioned that, so uh, yeah, that, I'm yeah, pretty stoked to see that. I would love to get there, but no, actually, yeah, that my guess was the drunken Santas. <laughs> that was really your guess? I thought you were just doing that to appease me. I was doing that to appease you, but I also don't really know. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, so uh, the takeaway is I wanted you to laugh after the reuse of Mall Santas, and you didn't, and that hurt my feelings. Oh, I'm secondly, sorry. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Uh, and secondly, I figured that you would know this because I've actually heard about this over the past few months. It was the built-to-scale functional robot modeled after the Mobile Suit Gundam. And it is super cool. Oh, you know what? Do you have a link? I do. Um, yeah, if you want to send that over, you know, now that you mentioned that, I think I have seen that, actually. It is awesome. Uh, let me send it to you magic of technology folks there you go I mean like they only have like a couple seconds of the video of it like actually moving and stuff but like it's pretty sweet I love that headline too Japan puts its post-covid tourism hopes in the hands of a giant robot. Hands of a very badass giant robot. That is pretty freaking sweet. Look at that thing. Yeah, I've seen this before. So yeah, I, I don't know why I'd forgotten about it, but yeah, I've seen the same picture and everything. So this is really well, cool. Hey, I would go see it. I can't afford to go to Japan and I'm probably not going to in the middle of COVID season, but it's a pretty freaking rad thing that they got going on. Play the video. 
Um, here we go. Oh, look at that. Don't worry about Spectrum, though. This is not endorsed. This is not an endorsement for Spectrum. <laughs> we, we have not been paid any promotional consideration. Um, look at that, though. How to... awesome is that? Look at that. I guess I can restart the music. Since I mean, the... that's like something from your childhood brought to life. That know, is. Like... Yeah, man. It's like it reminds me of was it Voltron? I was a big fan of Voltron back in the day. Oh, yeah. Like Ronin Warriors and all that kind of Dude, stuff. That is I mean, I know, cool. I know there wasn't robots, but I mean, just in the style of it, you know, you always think to yourself, like, I mean, I would love to see a gigantic robot like built to scale. Like, how cool would that be? And like, here it is. Like, we actually did it. Like, that's awesome. Oh, I, well, would, I would totally go see that. I would I too. Yeah, if it was realistic for me to get over there, like if it was okay. The the thing I think about here. Well, let's get off this thing here so we don't have to listen to that. Um, um, the thing that. Uh, that I think about at least in regards to this particular story is like if it was like from here to well okay we'll even just say Ohio maybe you know like it's a good six seven eight hour drive or whatever I would make that yeah. drive to go see something like that now I'm not going to fly halfway around the world to see it but uh, yeah I would make well, a good I mean, there's a lot of other cool stuff to see in Japan while you're there uh, right like, yeah all right, guys, wrap it up. We saw the robot. We got to get back in the plane in an hour. Yeah, <laughs> make, I, I would make a long ass drive to see something like that. And then on the way, I would also see the Mario, uh, the Super Mario Bros. Universal Studios or whatever it is that they're making, too. So yeah. I saw a picture of that. Um, it does look pretty sweet, I must say. And I'm not even I'm not like a Mario fanboy or anything like you say, like Nintendo's golden child kind of thing right <laughs> <Nintendo's Golden War. laughs> yeah that's what it is um but i mean i do think that that would be actually really cool to go see yeah dustin hughes just made it in what's up dustin he says i was about to say voltron yeah um uh yeah mobile okay. suit gundam they're making a uh like a full like a well not life-size i guess it is life-size it's a full-scale uh rendition of that in japan because japan is awesome and they do awesome stuff constantly so um so Willie Will had a good uh, question up here with 100 stars. Thank you for the 100 stars, by the way. Steven Adam, can you please go into more detail? Talk about Adam's Dracula X No Deather. Um, <laughs> I will. For that. I will start by saying that uh, I was in that stream, uh, which uh, it, it, I, I want to. I did not see it when you finally got it accomplished. I saw when you made it to Dracula and then died. And I clipped it, and a bunch of people gave me crap about that. Uh, but and Adam and I talked after the fact, and I was like, "Trust me, dude. I know you're not happy about." Or no, no, no. I think I even said it in the chat. Actually, I was like, "I know you're not happy about it right now, but trust me, you're gonna want that clip someday." Because <laughs> I, I was like, "I know if it was me, even though I didn't accomplish, you know, what I was trying to set out to do in that moment, I would want a clip of that <laughs> because that's a big moment." And uh, I knew you would go on to do it. And lo and behold, like within an hour, you'd already done it. Yeah. And then I, I and then I posted that clip on my page because I found the humor in it, you know, after the whole thing. And I mean, you were absolutely right. I, I kind of attribute it to that. Another, not to mention The Simpsons again, but <laughs> that one episode where uh, like the Valentine's Day with Lisa and Ralph and parts like you can actually pinpoint the moment his heart breaks if he's going frame by frame and he's like right there <laughs> like it's exactly how it felt at the time like oh 
words cannot explain how upset I was in that moment. Man, uh, I, my, I mean, a hundred percent, my heart was broken for you in that moment. That was hard to watch. Well, and, uh, like I clipped it and you know how, when you, I don't know if you guys make clips at all, but when you make clips, you can put a little caption on it. Uh, my caption was just for posterity <laughs> because it's like, that was such a hard moment. I'm like, you've worked so hard and made it so far. And in but the in end, the it doesn't end, even matter. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> I knew someone was going to go with that, but, uh, Oh my gosh! That, seriously, like in that, it was like a stab to the gut for myself in that moment, and I wasn't even the one playing. Um, Man, and you know, like you said, like whenever you start doing that, it's like a whole new element to the game. Like when you start making it pretty far, like all of a sudden, like your heart starts beating faster, your hands are getting super sweaty. It's like you're just locked in and nervous as hell the whole time. And I remember in that moment, I had had him down, um, not to go into the boss strat or anything, but I was on the cusp of victory to the point where I took my focus off of the fight and was picturing what it would be like to win. And then I wasn't paying attention and it cost me the whole game. And that was like part of the reason why it was like, no, it's, you know, it's like you lose focus for one moment yeah. and it can all go away, you know? But we started it again right after it, and I got it on the next run. Mm -hmm. Determination, folks. That's right. That's right. You, you, you forever got to be challenging yourself. Um, you know, you, you can't just get comfortable and settle. Um, so, no, I commend you for that. And it was kind of a similar deal with my, uh, like, and I'm still very much in the learning process. I haven't put in all the work that you did but to get the Castlevania uh, win, but... Um, in my Zelda no death run today, uh, I made it all the way to like, I said, like the third to the last palace and my death. And I knew this was, and I've been saying all along, this is what was going to happen is my death was one of those just stupid, like easily avoidable, but also easily understandable deaths where it's like I jumped, a guy came up at just the right, the moment at just the right moment. And it knocked me in a hole and I died. And yeah. anyone who's ever played that game knows that there's like a billion places where that can happen. Just like there is in Castlevania, you know, any, every Castlevania has that and you have yeah. that knockback and that's what gets you is the knockback, the knockback. So, yeah. And I was going to say, I'm going to, again, uh, reference my boy, Willie over at Greensleeve gaming. He makes it a very good point when no matter how frustrated or far you get or close you get, whenever you're trying to achieve something like that, like you do learn from every death. Exactly. You know? so, yeah. And really all it becomes is how you piece the run together is you've just trial it and aired it enough that now you are just running it like a machine because you know of all the different possibilities of errors and just you just have to do it right. Yeah. You know? And that's, that's what I kind of like about it because it is rewarding in that aspect. Yeah. You know, you don't have to spend a thousand hours on it to get something like that. Like you do to get like a hundred percent completion in some of these modern games, like with the achievements and stuff, you know, it's, but you do have to put in some time. So it's like a, just a great little fun challenge for yourself that you'd never thought you'd really be able to do. And it makes you a better gamer in the process in the long run, I think. So all in all, it's been a lot of fun. I'm working on Super Castlevania 4 right now, and that game's a bastard. 
<laughs> All right. <laughs> um, kind of like, yeah, I mentioned the other day, I was like, this game, I think in a lot of ways, is easier than many of the other Castlevanias, but there's a lot more opportunities for just cheap deaths that, like, yeah. Kind of almost like no amount of skill really can even make you avoid them in some cases. It's just, it's ridiculous. But, um, and it also scars you in a way that, like, you remember <laughs> that, uh, you know. Like, so, like, when you're coming up to that point in the level again, you're like, I know any second now this bastard is going to come out of nowhere, but I'm going to be ready for it, you know? And then that's when you get it, and you're like, got you, you know? Like, not this time, Satan. You, you know, know the part that gets me more than any other in that game, and it's a stupid, again, it's a stupid part. It's a stupid death, uh, but is uh, those green platforms. You have to jump on them, and then they flip. You got to, like, oh, jump yeah. to jump to jump really quickly. Very I don't know quickly. what it is. I screw those up every time. Uh, it's it's ridiculous, yeah. And screw Star, Star Tropics. That's right, Kerry. <laughs> I need to play that so I can understand the hatred. I've never played Star Tropics before. You need to, man, and you'll get it. Trust me. Um, and it's the well, same it reason. So highly recommended. I just don't know why I haven't gotten around to it. Yet. Well, it's the same reason why I hate Fester's Quest so much. Is that it's not that it's a bad game. It's that it's just an infuriatingly flawed game. If it wasn't for just certain elements of that game, it would be really, really great. But there's certain certain little parts of it or parts of like the control scheme or, you know, I, I'm not going to go into all this detail because I want to talk about Star Tropics all night. But like, there's just these little flaws that just ruin the entire thing. It's like, how many drops of pee have to be in a, a big uh, pot of soup before you're not going to drink the soup, you know? Everybody has their limit. Yeah. One <laughs> drop is all it takes. It's like there's one drop of pee in there. I'm not drinking that soup. And Star Tropics is a great, big, delicious pot of soup with a single drop of pee in it. That's what it is. And um, it's the same thing for Fester's Quest. Yeah. What, yeah. what a fantastic analogy. I've, I've got analogies out the ass. <laughs> oh, let's get to the Steve Gripe. What's the Steve Gripe? Oh, the Steve Gripe. Oh, I almost forgot about that. I oh. didn't. This is my favorite part. So, if for some ridiculous reason there was any remaining inkling in your mind uh, that still believed that Taco Bell was an actual Mexican restaurant, allow me to present to you the oh, grilled man. cheese burrito. Have you heard of this, Adam? The grilled cheese I have burrito? I grilled cheese burrito. Grilled cheese burrito. Um, how many ingredients do you think are in the grilled cheese burrito? Two. Tortilla and cheese. That's what you think, right? Based off of the title. There, okay. Um, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven ingredients in the grilled cheese burrito, Adam. Uh, I want to play a game here uh, with the rest of the chat, and let's see how many ingredients Adam can guess from the grilled cheese burrito. Seven ingredients. Oh. Oh, and we're not so counting good. like the tortilla. I'm talking like the stuff that's... That's like okay, the, see, I was going tortilla and then the cheese. Yeah. Mm. All right. So this is not counting the tortilla. So can you guess how many ingredients do you think you can guess in the grilled cheese burrito? Out of the seven? Out of the seven. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go four. Okay. I feel confident with four. Fire away, buddy. How many guesses do I get? I'll give you as many as you want. Oh wow! All right, well, I'm so super generous, man. I assent. So I. I'm a very I, nice I, person, Adam. 
You're so generous with your choices. I'm a Steve. very generous person. Lord, are you listening? Uh, so, <laughs> <I'm just laughs> yeah, seven ingredients. Go, go for I it. Really bacon for grill, I think grilled cheese, but it's hard for me to envision an authentic Mexican restaurant carrying bacon. Okay. No bacon. Still feel- okay, so that's not it. Nope. Okay. Um, on a grilled cheese. Uh. <laughs> I mean, I hope it's not sour cream. Sour cream. That's one. Oh, disgusting. I hate it already. Refried beans. Uh, no refried beans. Damn. Um, is it a combination of cheeses? It is a combination of cheeses, yes. Okay, then I'm going to have to go cheddar cheese, obviously. Monterey Jack. Pepper Jack. How many cheeses am I am I guessing here? Um, it, I don't have the specific cheeses. I'm just going to give you all the cheeses. I'll tell you there's a three cheese blend, which I imagine you are correct with at least Monterey Jack and cheddar. Pepper Jack, I would imagine, is probably the third one. And then the other one is nacho cheese sauce. So there's three Good. cheese blend and then oh. nacho cheese sauce. So, so far, yeah. the ingredients that you've got are nacho cheese sauce, three cheese blend, and sour cream. And that's three of the seven. Three of the seven. God, this sounds, this is going to sound disgusting. Is there any kind of, uh, what about tomatoes? Tomato in there? <laughs> no, there's no tomatoes. Okay, I'm going to tell you the ingredients now, because th- this is going to kind of prove my point. You've already proven my point, Adam, so thank you. Okay, seasoned beef, seasoned rice. Nacho cheese sauce, sour cream, three cheese blend, chipotle sauce, and red strips, which are like red tortilla strips. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to say rice, but I thought that would just be like carb destruction of life. So that's why <laughs> I was like, there's no way those crazy bastards at Taco Bell are putting <laughs> rice in cheese tortilla. <laughs> Those like, crazy know. bastards yeah. at Taco Bell. You're right, man. Yeah. What would... Okay. But when you hear grilled cheese burrito, do you think seasoned beef, seasoned rice, nacho cheese sauce, sour cream, three cheese blend, chipotle sauce, and red strips? I don't. I don't. No. And I'm pretty sure that nobody else in America does either. Now, this is my problem here, is that the name grilled cheese burrito offends me on so many levels. Uh, yeah. Do they think that we wouldn't understand that there was melted cheese involved if they didn't include it in the title? That's true. It's Taco Bell, people. If you aren't already assuming that there's melted cheese involved, you are not paying attention. <laughs> Did they have to put grilled cheese in the name? This is the other thing. Did they name it grilled cheese burrito? But just because they think that Americans are going to hear grilled cheese and be like, Ooh, grilled cheese. <laughs> and just immediately jump on board because they're expecting what you and I were both expecting when we heard that name is a grilled cheese sandwich. You think yeah. that it's, it's melted cheese on a burrito. Maybe it's like four or five cheeses. It's some kind of cheese orgy going on between these tortillas here, you know, but bacon all the day. <laughs> exactly. But no, yeah. it's 
There's nothing about the burrito that's grilled cheese. And the thing is, is that the cheese on the burrito isn't even grilled. I ordered a grilled cheese burrito just recently just to experience it for myself. It was not good. Someone here mentioned that when you're drunk at 3 a.m., it's fantastic or whatever. That I would believe. But when you're drunk at 3 a.m., really anything from Taco Bell is fantastic, you know. But I mean, that. <laughs> right I've never, I've never been upset with taco bell at 3 a.m i don't think that they founded fourth meal for as a thing for a reason right <laughs> fourth meal serves a very specific purpose it's because you don't want to be dead by the next morning <laughs> so you, catering to all you drunks should have been the slope <laughs> you throw a few burritos down the face hole and then you don't die yep. <laughs> that's what happens um burrito wrappers in the morning and hate yourself <laughs> right you just wake up and like you're you're naked on a bed full of wrappers and it's just like this is who i am <laughs> you know, packet stuck to your forehead or you're winnie the pooing it uh, uh on, oh, on a bit yeah, you know, yeah. so I don't judge. grilled cheese burrito the, i don't know why i like I said, I think it's just their assumption of American stupidity maybe is what bothers me so much about that name. But there's nothing about the grilled cheese burrito that's grilled cheese because this is the thing is that it's a, all it is is just a regular burrito. They put a bunch of cheese on the top and then they stuck it under a heat lamp to melt it. It's not even grilled. It's There's nothing right, so about it that's grilled. A counterpoint. Yeah. Could it be that perhaps they're using the term grilled cheese to market to people that view you know, a grilled cheese and tomato soup as a comfort food during the colder winter months. So it would just entice you to be like, oh, it's so cold outside, you know, but I still want to eat like absolute shit. Where do I go? <laughs> and Taco Bell's like, I got you, fam. Yeah, Taco, Taco Bell's like, we got you, bro. Oh, we got you. For two days. Uh, come, come on in. Come on in. <laughs> no, come no. Here. This is the thing is I think that they're counting on name recognition uh, yeah. of simply you hear grilled cheese and you think, oh, I like grilled cheese. I'm going to like this burrito. But this is the thing that bothers me even more so about this is that um, they've got to add all these new menu items to make up for the all the items that they recently took off the menu. I'll give you one guess of how many items that Taco Bell has recently removed from their menu. 11. Exactly 11. Perfect guess. They recently removed That's 11. You, <laughs> you win nothing. Uh, not even my respect. Um. <laughs> I've tried so hard. <laughs> the seven layer burrito, beefy Fritos burrito, cheesy Fiesta potatoes, which vegans were very upset about. Uh, or not the cheesy part because they're not eating the cheese, but uh, the potatoes. They're very upset about the removal of potatoes from the menu. Chips and dips, grilled steak soft taco, loaded grillers, mini skillet bowl, nacho supreme, spicy potato soft taco, spicy tostada, and triple layer nachos. Those are the 11 recent removals. And prior to that, they removed two more. The double decker taco, which really pissed me and my kids off. And the Mexican pizza, which I really don't care about. 
Yeah, I know. Like, I love how everybody pretends to like the Mexican pizza, but let's face it, y'all. You ain't ordering that shit when you're going through Taco Bell. No one's getting a Mexican pizza, you know? And if you get more than three a year, if you say you do, you're lying to yourself because you don't. <laughs> right. I think I, I ate a Mexican pizza once when I was a kid laughing. because it was the same thing as the grilled, the grilled cheese burrito. Is I was like, oh, pizza. I like pizza. So I ordered that and never again. <laughs> Yeah, it was not like pizza, in fact. It was the crappiest, messiest thing I've eaten in a long time. It was garbage, so, yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, the Fiesta potatoes, I don't understand why you would get rid of that on your menu. I mean, it's like the dollar go-to, you know? I mean, especially now that, you know, let's face it, like Taco Bell prices have kind of gone up over the years. Like, remember the ongoing joke back when you were like 18 or 20 years old? Like, man, I could go to Taco Bell and eat like a king for like six bucks because yeah. like, you really, really could back then, you know? And now it's like you go through Taco Bell and you're getting like a modest size thing, you know, order. And it's still like 11 $12. And you're like, damn, like I used to be able to feed three people for this, you know? So... Um, why not keep the value stuff on the menu? You know, it's only like a dollar or two for those things. And I mean, granted, I mean, they kind of suck, but you know, what dollar menu item really doesn't for the most yeah. part. So I don't understand them get rid getting rid of that. And then the potatoes, like you said, was such a, a vegetarian kind of thing that to eat at the very least. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess, to vegetarians, depending on your vegetarian, they will omit cheese. But anyway, I'm surprised they gave up those menu items to be, to be fair. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, there were a lot of people that were very, very upset about this. Um, I'm trying to bring up the article right now. Here it goes. Taco Bell customers stage protest over the chain's upsetting menu change. I can't eat here anymore is the quote. <laughs> In I the can't headline. eat here anymore. Yeah. It's like, uh. First of all, calm down, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. no, um, no, they're, they're really upset over the removal of all the, any of the vegan friendly choices and, and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, uh, um, can you imagine feeling so passionate about your fast food restaurant that you protest customers stage protests over the chain's upsetting menu change? Imagine feeling that passionate about <laughs> something that actually mattered. Yeah. <laughs> you know? There, there's about like three things in life that I care about uh, enough to protest anything. Uh, Taco <laughs> Bell menu strangely does not make that cut. Taco Bell menu does not make the cut. No, my wife was very upset with the removal of the seven layer burrito. We did kind of find a way through existing menu items to cobble together a seven layer burrito if we so wanted. But for yeah. the most part, uh, she's just accepted defeat and gone on to the five layer burrito instead. Um, Will, yeah, thank you for the stars, buddy. Uh, he asked if we can chug a beer on stream. We're not actually not allowed to do that. Facebook uh, allows for the casual consumption of alcohol, <laughs> but but uh, if we uh, make it into like challenges and stuff like that, they they are they can shut us down and ban us and all kinds of stuff. So I, sorry about that, buddy. But I do appreciate it. <laughs> delete stuff out of my video life <laughs> right <laughs> i did not say that people don't do it because i know people, plenty of people do it but no i don't i don't like tempting fate but um um yeah so taco bell man um uh, yeah just uh i don't get it man stupid freaking grilled cheese burrito and, and i'm ticked that they removed so many great items from the menu the double decker taco especially because that was a really great menu item 
that me and my kids both loved and it was cheap um so you could get a whole mess of them for not too much and uh can't get it anymore very satisfying item so what anybody in the chat have any particular menu items they miss as long as they don't completely get rid of my chili cheese burrito then I might consider protesting. Now, I don't know about um, your local Taco Bell. I assume they're the same as ours. The chili cheese burrito is off the menu. They will still make it for you, though. Um, yeah. Um, they are still, I think, on the menu around here. Oh, really? Uh, but I've been to ones where you actually, like, you had to ask for it because I didn't see it. And I was like that dude, like, y'all still got those chili cheese burritos? You know, like even though you don't see it on the menu. I hate it when people do that, but like, yeah, I, I don't do care. That. man. I'm still asking for my chili cheese burrito. If, if I'm going to Taco Bell, I'm going to, until the That's day right. I die, I'm going to, Hey, you guys still make the chili cheese burrito. Yep. Well, give me three of them. No, <laughs> yeah. the chili cheese burrito has been, and always will be like this, the Taco Bell staple. Yeah. I exposed my son to those recently and that's all he wants now is chili cheese burrito. It's uh, it's fantastic, and it's funny as we say all this. I have a packet of fire sauce sitting right here on my streaming desk <laughs> from the last time my wife and I had Taco Bell in here. <laughs> See, John Harms feels me, dude. I was just typing that chili cheese burrito is my go-to. JFlow just mentioned they have a Frito Pie burrito at Sonic, which I saw that one just this week, and I thought that looked great too. A Frito Pie. See, I can't get down with Fritos. You don't like Fritos? I don't. I do oh, not man. like corn chips. Oh wow. I've tried. Given it, I've given it more than its solid share of of tries to win me over. I just I can't do corn chips. I don't know what it is about them. I'm just That's like, crazy. do you like I corn? Know. I love corn. Just don't like corn chips, huh? And then like I guess they've always been presented to me in some kind of burrito fashion, and if not in a burrito, it's been like here's a chili dip that you dip the corn chips in to eat it. And I'm not really like a crunchy person, like on my sandwich kind of person. Like my uh, wife yeah. will put barbecue chips and put barbecue chips on her sandwich to eat it. Like I can't, I can't do that. I don't really care for that, the crunchiness in my sandwich. And I guess that's what I've always gotten from any burrito or anything that's had Fritos in it. And I'm like, why, why are these chips in here? Like, <laughs> give me the burrito. Um, you know, I, I could see not putting Fritos or something in a sandwich or whatever, just because Fritos can be pretty stout. And if you catch one that's turned on its side, it kind of hurts your mouth a little bit. Um, yeah. But uh, no, like your your wife with like barbecue chips or something like that. I don't do that, but I can see enjoying that though. But um, and I'm not saying there's anything bad about. It. I know a lot of people that put chips on their sandwiches, but to me personally, I just I can't get down like that. I can't. I don't chip and witch at the same time. I don't chip witch. You can't cope with that. Oh. Oh. No can do. Do you like Cheetos? I love Cheetos. Clive Morris, we don't have Taco Bell here in England. Flaming Hot uh, Cheetos are also my jam as well. Hey, welcome in, Randalorian Raiders. Much love to the Rando. Thank you, Randy. Um, we were bonding over Octopath Traveler last night. Oh, yeah. I saw that you've been streaming that. That game is beautiful. It really is, dude. It's beautiful. Fantastic. I haven't had that much fun in an RPG in a long time. That's Highly awesome, Octopath Traveler. If you're a fan of Super Nintendo-like RPGs, it's Yeah, amazing. exactly. 
Yeah, and that's the perfect way to sell it too. Yeah, if you're into that that era of RPGs, it will be right up your alley. And the music is just so good. Mm. It is, yeah. So and good. that you're never not looking at something that's just like wow either. Yeah, it's just it's a beautiful game. It really is. Ten out of ten. If anything, if I had to look for a complaint, and anybody that's watched me stream it has heard me say this, so I'm blue in the face, but my only complaint is from a stream aspect, it's pretty wordy. Yes. There's a lot of dialogue in it. Yeah. So it, to me, it kind of gives me a little bit of stream anxiety at points, because I'm like, no one wants to sit here and listen to 30 text bubbles, basically saying something that can be said in two seconds. Yeah. But it's, you know, like that, so... I'm hoping that as you get further in the game, it gets a little less wordy and more action-filled, but we'll see. I mean, I'm sure it makes for a great story. If I was just playing it by myself casually, I would be, like, all about it. But from trying to stream it, that's... If I had to, like I said, pick a complaint, it would be that it's very, very wordy. Yeah, it's... Uh, I, I don't know that it really... I mean, there is more action, but I don't know that that really eases up. As you go later in the game, it's a very wordy game. I did try streaming it at one point, but it was the same thing is that uh, it was just so much reading and people were complaining about it and stuff. And finally, I'm just like, eh, this is a game I'll play, but won't necessarily stream. So sorry, SLG fans, you're stuck with Octopath for the next three months. <laughs> right. Hey, if, and if you play all the storylines, it could be for the next three years, pretty much. And it's like, what happened to all my viewers? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I asked that question anyways. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's the Steve gripe for the day is the, uh, the freaking grilled cheese burrito from Taco Bell, to which I would just sum it up by just saying, what the hell, Taco Bell? <laughs> that's not the shirt we need to have made. What the hell, Taco Bell? Retro Death Row. Support on Patreon. <laughs> Support on Patreon. Retro Death Row. Yeah. Randy says, I adjusted it by doing my own voices. I did that for Lunar 2, which was another RPG that took longer than something that takes a really long time is. Um, but I feel like I wanted to do it again with Octopath, but I was like, I don't really know. I mean, people did like it, but after like, you know, 40 hours, like, are you still going to be interested into the uh, Herbert the Pervert uh, voice, <laughs> you know, does it still have the same comedic timing as it did in the first 40 hours? So I've kind of, I haven't done it for Octopath yet, but I don't know. I might get there just to, just to spice it up because I am a fan of doing own voices for characters for RPGs, just strictly because they are so tough to stream at times. Yeah. But I love them so much. I cannot play them. You know? Yeah, no, I hear you, man. I mean, yeah, there are games that I that I love that, uh, you know, sometimes like I find difficult to stream just because I don't think that everyone else is as dialed into the game as I am necessarily. But, dude, sometimes you just want to play them, you know? I know. And, it would be like betraying myself if I never played RPGs. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies to those in the yeah. chat. Uh, right. I'm just an old man who likes what he likes, okay? <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Randy Adam, did you have a topic you wanted to talk about? Uh, Randy says he loves voicing over Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. For some reason, my Bowser is an angry man from New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this Mario guy over here. 
Forget about it. He tries to come in here. I got his girl. He wants to come in here and bust my balls. Come on, man. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. The, the grand... rack, but... <laughs> yeah, that, that would be a fun one to do voices for. Because there's a lot of characters, too. Sometimes I make the mistake of making the voice options available to the people that are watching and they try to make me do stuff that's like insanely hard. Oh yeah, yeah. And then, so then like you, you're in your mind like, okay, I think I got it. And then like you try your best and it's your first attempt, right? And it just goes completely awful. And you're like, wow, I love the fact that I can't just immediately delete this portion of the stream and no one will ever have to see this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you can't. So it's like one of those things that you have to practice in the mirror a couple times, you know, and you're like, okay, I feel like I can maybe half-ass pull off, pull off this impression. But the first time you did it was really bad. I've had a couple uh, instances like that. Yeah. Yeah, I've done voices on a couple of RPG streams before, and I, just, I got really tired really quickly of like, this is too much work. <laughs> You're already trying to stream and be entertaining, but then it's like, wait, what was this person's voice like? And then having to switch between voices when there's a lot of back and forth dialogue. Yes. It's like, oh. yes. like in that Lunar 2, 2 stream, I had like six people in my party or something like that. So I was like constantly having to switch back between all these different people. And I would like, I'd mess up sometimes or I'd be like, this is intense, man. I didn't even this like a one man acting show. I feel like the the narrator of Milo and Otis. You know? The narrator of Milo and Otis. <laughs> one guy did a voice for every every voice in the movie, and it's like so obvious when you go back and watch it again. Like it's like that's the same dude, right? He's just talking a little differently. Like great movie though. That was a, that was a movie I cried at as a kid. Milo and Otis. I've never watched it. Are you kidding me? I've never watched it. I remember as a kid, I remember seeing the trailer for it and being like, that looks stupid. Yeah. Sometimes you just say things and it just drives a wedge between us. I don't like it. <laughs> right? Like a soggy french fries and stuff? Yeah. Hey, don't knock it till you try it. Hot I, to the I, have, I have tried it. Tried it and hated it. <laughs> you have to include hot to the touch. I don't know how many times I have to say it. You the, just say a soggy french fry by itself. You're giving it the wrong... The wrong treatment. The wrong treatment. Yeah. No. Yeah, not, Randy not says, replace its character in the original Shakespearean dialect. It doesn't count if it is an iambic pentameter. <laughs> I used to know what iambic pentameter meant at one point in my life, but I don't anymore. It has to do with the, the accents, how you do the accents on the words and stuff. Um... Uh, see, like in my mind, I was going to like how many beats it could have in a, in a sentence or something. Yeah, it's not, not beats, but syllables. Syllables. Um, I'm not going to try to describe that yet because that's going to be really boring. Carrie asked, which accent did you butcher? I know for me. I, I when I played Final Fantasy 2 yes Final Fantasy 2 anyone else who disagrees can suck it um, no but um Before. I tried to do shut up <laughs> I tried to do like like hick southern accents for everybody and it got 
to where it was just really exhausting trying to switch them all back and forth and then like remembering oh wait does this person sound like this and then they all of a sudden they started sounding the same and then yeah so i that's where i eventually messed up so <laughs> it's like reminds me of that one episode of family guy where like brian and stewie go to see this guy's like one man show and it's like him doing the same voice for all the characters i don't know if you remember that but it's like that's what we used to call it b-ball you know, and then my grandma would come in like, hey, you got to come to dinner. You know, and it's like the same voices, like his <laughs> marble person. I don't know if you know the skit, it makes sense. If you don't, I sound like an idiot, but no, no. that's OK. I do it five times a week. Right. <laughs> you mean Final Fantasy 2? This is America, Justin. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to move on to another topic here. Let me bring up an article here on the screen. Um, now, as on the screen, on the screen, we're going to bring up an article on the screen, not on the screen. Oh, my gosh. Um, now, before we, see, we go into this article here, I'm going to say to everyone, let's be civil in our comments. Uh, while I would like to discuss this topic, I also don't want us to say a bunch of rude stuff that's going to piss people off for no reason but here we go this goes back into kind of with what daniel oldenkamp said at the beginning of the podcast exactly the wire i can't remember what he said but what, what did he say it was like why are gaming fandoms like so angry like such angry people right yeah it's uh i i think there's Plenty of stuff worth worth being angry over, but here we're not about being angry. We're about having a discussion, and that's where we want to talk about this. Scalper Group says it has no regrets over reselling 3,500 PS5 consoles. Um, UK-based group claims console profits put food on the table for its members. Um, console scalpers, uh, or we'll just say scalpers in general, because... Uh, Typically, for me, I'm not really one that's gonna... Well, no, I guess I was in the same boat when it came to, like, the NES Classic. Uh, the NES and the SNES Classic, both consoles, I waited in line until the midnight release to get one. So I have one on release date. But uh, really could kind of kind of never get one again after that. Um, because they were constantly selling out. Now, the SNES was a lot easier to get all of. The NES Classic, though forget about it now um uh the the season that we're in right now um there has been a ton of scalping happening with consoles all throughout covid starting with the the uh nintendo switch nintendo switches you could not get a hold of in any retail locations there were people that were selling them online for several hundred dollar markups uh especially the animal crossing themed edition of the nintendo switch um, and now people paid like seven, eight hundred thousand dollars for the Animal Crossing version of the Switch, and now Nintendo's finally been able to make more and put them back on the shelves, and now they're selling for just retail price. Uh, here in the holidays, there's a lot of people trying to get a hold of the uh, Xbox uh, Series X uh, or Xbox Series S, I think is the name. Good Lord, Xbox, get your crap together when it comes to these names. Uh, and then, of course, the PS5, uh, which is apparently selling two to one uh, over the Xbox consoles. Um, 
But the Xbox consoles are more readily available than the PlayStation. That's true as well. Um, what are people's thoughts and opinions uh, on the scalping of consoles? I'm not even going to say scalp or reselling. I'm going to say scalping because uh, we're talking here about people who buy up consoles solely for the purpose of selling them at a huge markup. So, um, Adam, do you have any thoughts on this here? I mean, I don't, first of all, if, if you're like, I guess I'm just jaded because I feel like the, like the first run of the last couple series of console systems, not so much the 360 PlayStation or not, I'm sorry, the PlayStation four and Xbox one generation, but more so the 360 PS three era. When you like shelled out all the money for the first run of consoles you were kind of left with a product that wasn't well put together it blew up on you a few months afterwards you fought people tooth and nail to get it you probably overpaid you know in the first to get one is be like one of the first people to do so and you know you're excited as hell you then three months later you're having to replace it or you're dealing with shipping it back to microsoft because you got a red ring you know and things like that so ever since that horrible experience I, not that I even pre-ordered a uh, 360. I just happened to get a 360 kind of in the first wave and it ended up blowing up on me. And so my immediate thought was like, oh, I'm glad I wasn't one of those people that paid 650 bucks for it out the gate because even more mad than I am now. Um, but anyway, getting back to that, why the sudden like demand to, you know, I'm gonna pay $2,000 for a PlayStation 5. like. Well, why? It hasn't been out long enough to know if there's going to be any problems with it. I mean, that's the reason why patches exist in games. You know, you got to see it in practical action to really know. So I've never been one to bend over backwards to try to get a first-generation release for that fact. Um, and then secondly, scalping happens in everything. I mean, the best seats in concerts are taken by scalpers. The best seats at football games, if they're not bomb-ass season ticket holders that aren't scalping their tickets out they're bought by scalpers like it's just kind of the way it works unfortunately and i don't think the console thing is any different now i will say the limited amount of product that is out there like the true rarity of these systems kind of makes it an extra burn because it is getting to the point where you almost have to spend that amount of money to get one and at the end of the day if somebody's got the money to pay for it and they want it that bad, then more power to you. If you don't and you want to wait, then there's no harm in waiting, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. my take on it. I think um, the... It, and it's it's difficult to really, I think, have a hard and fast opinion, at least that isn't emotionally driven. <laughs> um, because... Uh, I think the emotional answer is like the thing that you read where it's like, Oh, Karen's are out there griping that their kids are not going to get the console that they want for Christmas. Um, and uh, I, I get that feeling. Um, I, I understand that and all, but then on the flip side of that, these people are buying consoles in a manner that is legitimate, uh, at least to a certain extent. Um, many of them have bots set up that swoop in uh, as soon as these things come available and just buy them all up. And there's nothing that's illegal about that. Um, that being I mean, said, at the end of the day, I mean, 
it's not illegal to do that. It's not illegal, but is it a dick move? I mean, <laughs> it's, I mean, there is some, you know, moral ethics that come in play, uh, yeah. with it. I mean, especially some of the prices that these people are charging. I mean, and that's not even talking about the assholes that put up just the box only in mm-hmm. small print, you know? So then somebody goes through the whole thing, pays out the ass for this, and then they get it. And it's the box for the damn thing. Like I saw, like literally, somebody had a box, like an open box, and it was just stuffed with like the styrofoam pieces that it came in, and like the plastic bindings around the box. Like when you're packing that up and you're legitimately posting that on the internet, um, you are an exponentially bigger dick than the person who's selling the system ahead of time because they had two thousand dollars sitting around to buy. <laughs> Four PS5s when you know when they came out. Yeah, and the thing is, I mean, at least in this scenario with the PS5s and the Xbox, they're gonna be available. Um, it's just a matter of time. The yeah, problem, I mean, give it like four months or something, they'll be everywhere. Yeah, the problem is that this came out of the holiday season, and there are a lot of families that I mean, it makes it was it that that Schwarzenegger movie where he's trying to buy the movie the toy for his kid and he's climbing over Sinbad to yeah. Yeah. Um, what you're talking about. Well, it's like, there's a lot of people that are out there that are trying to do whatever they can to give their kid the, the thing that they want for Christmas. And, you know, it could be time for a valuable life lesson that sometimes stuff just doesn't happen the way that you want it to for those kids. Say, well, does it have to be a PS five? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No? Um, I don't know. I don't have any kids, so I'm completely out of that spectrum. So I'm not going to put myself in anybody's shoes yeah. in that aspect. So no judgment. I'm just, I'm saying I'm not even in any hurry to buy a console. I hardly even play the consoles that I have now. Yeah. Let alone justifying, I don't know, the expense of something that may or may not blow up in the next couple months. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, no, I hear you there, and I'm 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 typically not a Gen One guy myself because there's usually six eight months later there's another version of the console that comes out that's better that has extra stuff and that resolves slimmer some and, sort of issue know. that the previous version didn't have or something like or the previous version had so yeah like the crappiest move ever was like when the, where they did the whole thing where it was the I don't know what the Xbox version of it was but like the PS4 Pro came out and it's like now it's fully capable of running these high you know frame rates and for true 4k or whatever and i'm like why wouldn't this already be in the system like right. did you just microtransaction dlc me a whole console sony yeah you know i don't know grouchy old man hashtag get off my lawn <laughs> you know, however, however you want to say it I think we warned the chat to be civil uh, on this topic and everyone was like, well, I'm not going to say anything on this one then. <laughs> Except Keith. Keith uh, said dick move. So, yeah, uh, I think I'm in the same camp as Keith. I'm, I mean, I don't I'm not saying that to be judgmental or anything, but I really don't like uh, people stockpiling these consoles and profiteering off of them and stuff. I think it's uh, again, there's nothing that's uh, morally, I guess, wrong with it or legally wrong with it. But I just think it's a dick move. So, um, but, uh, anyways, yeah, it's, uh, it's all over the internet right now. And there's people, uh, on my local Facebook, uh, marketplace 
that are trying to, to scalp consoles that they've got for, you know, quite the markup. And I tell you, they are roasted in the comments. It is mm. crazy. People go, they go into those posts just to roast these people. And it gets pretty brutal sometimes. And it's like, I mean, while, while I don't like it and I personally am not happy with it, I also don't like hope that those people die, uh, which is something that I read all the time in those comments. It's like, I hope you die and I hope that uh, your mother never gets to bury you or something. It's like, holy crap. Whoa, that's a really harsh thing to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I don't like what they're doing, but I'm also not going to wish death on anyone. So, Right. Yeah. So anyways, um, Justin says, I looked down my nose at it. Shoddy business plan. Uh, Gary, did you just microtransaction DLC me, Microsoft? <laughs> like the legit old console. Uh, Sergio agrees, apparently, so that's cool. <laughs> um, Adam, did you have anything to bring up? Uh, I mean, as I say, I would always I would be able to stay on this for a couple more hours if need be. Um, but I... Uh, I do have to stream here in an hour. And, uh, oh, right. Yeah, we're getting close to time, aren't we? I just realized yeah, we only got a, a few minutes. Bit. I hate to be that guy. Cool. But. Well, um, since we've only got just a couple minutes left here, I will fill these last couple minutes of time with uh, one last thing. The Utah Monolith. I almost plugged a fill-in-the-blank article about that. Oh, really? Um, the, the Utah monolith, this is a crazy thing, uh, out in the middle of nowhere in Utah, this big metallic phallic structure (laughs) 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 appeared seemingly out of nowhere. (laughs) Sounds like my rap name. Uh, Right. (laughs) Metallic phallic is the metallic phallic. So apparently the monolith that appeared out of nowhere, uh, this was uh, several weeks ago now, um, no one knows where it came from. Uh, you know, that the, there's people are like, is this an art installation? Is this a prank? Is this aliens coming to Earth? Well, now the, the monolith apparently vanished. Uh, and it says overnight and in parentheses, it wasn't aliens. Turned out the, there was a bunch of people that went out into the desert uh, they pulled the thing apart uh, and just took it out of the desert and they were like, we're doing this to preserve nature and stuff like that. So um, the uh, the monolith disappeared. Still no one knows where it came from uh, and no one really necessarily knows where it went. I was, I was trying to make a Cotton Eye Joe joke there, but uh, it, it didn't land. But, uh, you know, where did you come from? Where did you go? Um, did you ever see the movie 2001 A Space Odyssey? I never did, no. That reminds me so much of the beginning and end of that movie. So uh, there's like this monument that appears. I think it's either I think it might be on Mars or the Moon, one of the two, and or maybe it's on Earth. Even I don't know. I know that these like I think it ends on the Moon, but it's, there's another one that starts on Earth, and it, it's like basically tells the evolution of man from this monolith existed from the time that it was there were gorillas to the times of like people in space and now he moved on and i don't know it's it's pretty wild it's stanley kubrick you know so don't expect right. it to be sensical in any way um but well that's what everyone was likening was likening this thing to is is the the monolith that appears in 2001 a space odyssey uh no, i've okay, never so I'm not the only person yeah no 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 you're definitely not um 
Well, apparently, days after the one in Utah uh, disappeared, another one appeared in Romania. Um, same thing. It's about 10 feet tall, I think they'd said, and uh, made out of metal. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyways, apparently that one's also been taken down as well. Um, was it Keith in the chat said he thinks that two more have showed up? Maybe there could possibly be more of those. Now, do you think people just heard it from the first one are now making replicas and just putting them up to make it seem creepier than what it really is? Possibly. I, mean, I don't even really know what it's supposed to represent in the first place. Like, cool, we can just throw these things up and it'll be really weird. Yay the, for us. The thing that I think is interesting um, is uh, no, no one. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Justin Flores says this is a question for Alex Jones. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I couldn't help but laugh at that. That was good. What type of metal is it, Steve? Do you know? Um, it could I be think one of these articles tells it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know uh, right off the top of my head. Um, but... The thing that I think was interesting is that, of course, with the most recent ones, they appeared just recently. The one in Utah, though, uh, I want to say that they thought that it had been there for a few years. Um, but going back to like looking at like old Google Earth photos or something like that. Um, yeah. I'm looking. I'm trying to, to search for this. Um, to if see we if can I have can a realistic 50-foot Gundam robot, we should be able to have a real-life <laughs> Am I right, guys? Am I let's right, go. guys? <laughs> let's hope that it's not a and let's do this thing for real. Let's see here. I'm guessing the metal is shiny, says Carrie. It is shiny. Uh, yes. Um, metallic phallic. Metallic phallic. Nine and a half <laughs> foot tall structure. Made air. Hold on. I'll bring us back over to the. Oops, wrong one. Um. Nine and a half tall foot structure made of uh, metal sheets riveted together into the shape of a triangular prism. See, you now when I when I s s saw that or I, when I learned that it was riveted together, it's like, oh, OK, this is a lot less cool all of a sudden. Like if it this was just a lot less cool, <laughs> if it was like a seamless beam, a triangular beam of metal then that's a lot more crazy than it's like if it's riveted together. I just see some big sweaty guy like, you know, banging together some metal to make this thing. Um, With a real life aluminum hat. Or a um, tin foil hat, probably. That um, was a welding joke in there, Steve. You never laugh at any of my jokes. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I was trying to, to read to find when, uh, like how long this thing has been out there because that's the part that I think is interesting. Um, oh, here we go. Google Earth satellite images showed that the monolith was installed between August 2015 and October 2016 and that the surrounding scrub vegetation had been cleared. That's the part that I think is pretty interesting about all this is that that thing's been out there for years and we're just now finding it. So mm -hmm. my question for you and for the chat as we close out tonight is what are your theories of the Utah monolith, which is no more, but now apparently others are springing up. Are, uh, is the first one the real deal? Are the others just copycats? Is it just someone playing a prank? Is this an art installation or is this aliens? My mind immediately goes to prank. Prank? Yeah. 
We'll, we'll wait and we'll see what uh, what other folks. Uh, it was Hillary's server. Uh, Gary says that I'm not laughing at your jokes because I don't get them. <laughs> no, sorry. I was just trying to find like how long that thing had been out there. Um, but uh, yeah, no, this is my theory. This is my foil hat. Alex Jones theory uh, is that aliens uh, are so much smarter than we are uh, as earthlings to where if you, if you watch star Trek or anything like that, the, the cultures have advanced beyond warfare they're more about the searches of knowledge. So they're not about going out and just wrecking stuff. Um, so like if their focus is not on war and their focus is more on knowledge, I think the sort of weaponry that they would have would be incredibly sophisticated compared to that of our own. My thought was this, is that they're installing these metal beams all over the earth. They strike them at the given moment and it resonates at the perfect frequency to just crumble earth within itself into a black hole, exterminating all of life on earth at a moment's notice without any muss, any fuss, no lasers, no photon torpedoes. They just hit these big metal rods and we're all dead. That's my theory. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that destroy earth in of itself? If it went into a black hole. Yes, it would. So what would the aliens have to gain? from destroying all of the life from the planet, but also the planet itself. Cause humans are parasitic and they want to put up a, uh, put up a Stuckey's where earth uh, used to be. <laughs> and also just because they're aliens, why do they have to be smarter than us? I just always Maybe. assume everyone's smarter than us. <laughs> if you bring Star Trek into the conversation of conspiracy theories, this is kind of where I've got to draw the line. <laughs> they also have warp drive capability and the ability to teleport DNA particles from spot to spot. And, you know, I don't see that happening. No, 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 no. They, they, the, it creates a wormhole that they can use to travel through uh, across oh, the universe. <laughs> so they're exterminated. Like them destroying the earth is basically tearing down like a, a really old uh, tree or historic building to put in a new highway. That's basically what's happening. So they're using the eminent domain on us. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I see. No, it's quite the theory you have. Here, I, I don't believe any of that crap. I just, I, I just had fun coming up with the theory. <laughs> I wish you would have done it in ASMR style. Right? <laughs> Wouldn't that have been more entertaining? <laughs> the frequency resonating and them all being the same. I immediately got like a, the beacons are lit Gondor vibe um, from Lord of the Rings. Right, like, right, yeah. Ping one and then they, you know, they hear it and they got to ping the other one and ping the other one. But what about the pingers, man? The pingers are losing their life in the black hole if that's what happens. Collateral, da collateral damage. Maybe it's like the highest honor of the alien society to be a pinger. That's right. You know? pinger. Who knows? Pinger sounds questionable. I don't, know if we should... pinger. <laughs> I don't know if we should be using that word. Carrie <laughs> 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 says we are slugs trying to avoid the salt maze they made for us. Uh, Sergio says they would clear away for the intergalactic highway. Um, Adam, if they can leave their planet, they got to be smarter. If they come here this year, they aren't that much smarter. True, true. <laughs> I mean, 
can go to other planets, though. I mean, not maybe in physical form yet, but I don't know. I I feel like I mean I do believe in aliens, but I don't believe in the fact that every alien is is way more advanced than us. Yeah, I don't anyway, know, man. I'm not sure what my opinions are on those things, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, whether aliens exist, it's certainly a possibility. It's a whole, what what did Carl Sagan or one of those people, it's like, this is just a whole lot of waste of space if there's not a whole bunch of other species out there. Correct. You know, and there's just so much of it that we don't even know. Yeah, true. But that's, that's time for another podcast and another podcast and another time. So everybody, Hey, thanks so much for coming out tonight. We really, really appreciate it as always. Hope you guys had a great time. Um, we will be back again sometime soon. We'll have to figure out when we can do this again, uh, whether it's before Christmas or not, but we'll hopefully give you some notice this next time, as opposed to just going live like we did this time. So sorry about Surprise. that. <laughs> Right. <laughs> uh, but uh, Adam, hope you had a good time. Thanks again, buddy. Appreciate it. Always. Always. Everybody Thank in the so chat. Hey, yeah, my pleasure, dude. Uh, thanks again, everybody. We really, really appreciate you guys uh, spending your evening with us and hope you have a great rest of your evening. And we Absolutely. will see you the next go around. Go check Adam out at Server Life Gaming. He's going to go stream pretty soon. You can see me suck at Castlevania. Believe it or not, it happens. Right, yeah. But believe it or not, uh, he probably won't suck. He'll probably do pretty well. So. Oh, well, okay. All right, y'all. Peace out. Have a good night, guys. Thank you so much.